Well, we want to invite you to another Think Tank Theater podcast today, and uh, I'm your host, Daniel Narotsky, and joining me today is Phil Bowers with Grandstream. Phil, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hey, everyone. First of all, thanks, Daniel, for having me. Really appreciate it. Super glad to be here. Uh, So my name is Phil Bowers. I'm the Director of Marketing here at Grandstream. Uh, I've actually been with Grandstream for about 13 years now. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Phil. So uh, we want to talk today about the future of business communications and and how it's uh, gotten to where we are today, how it's evolved, where we see it moving in the future. Absolutely. That consumer technology and kind of the revolution we've seen on that front within, you know, the last decade, half decade, I think has, and we've talked about this, it's really driven a lot of the advancements in business communications. You have you know, day-to-day users that are much more familiar with what they're using and what it should be able to do for them and what other options they have available. And, you know, in some cases, a lot of the the consumer technology people have at home is sometimes even better than, than what they're going to get in the office. So there is, you know, definitely that expectation that everything's going to work, it's going to do what you want, um, and that it's going to be easy for you to use. I think that's also become a big part of this is now, you know, everything needs to be intuitive. There's kind of become, you know, a, a go-to intuitive user interface um, or inner or user experience that everybody's looking for. You know, I know that's more important than it's ever been before. You know, we we added, I think, four or five years ago, user interface teams um, to, you know, kind of on that topic. So, um, you know, definitely the rise and the familiarity with consumer uh, consumer technologies has really driven business communications forward. And, and, you know, a lot of the newer things we've seen start to get into the business landscape recently, artificial intelligence, for example, I think has been driven by what everybody's doing at home or what they get access to with chat GPT, for example. And and now that's kind of, you know, moving it into the business side for sure. Absolutely. It's definitely pushing the envelope um, as, as the users are are more more experienced and more comfortable with what's out there. Uh, AI is definitely a, a big growth segment. You know, we we can we can see it changing the landscape, and and the, the big kicker is you know a lot of people are so uh, concerned about it and, and concerned about AI coming into into the workspace. But uh, the fact is, it's already here. We're already using it. You know, in the the Zoom platform, there's a an AI companion that you can use uh, in your video chat platforms. Uh, we've got it built into most cameras today with all the speaker tracking and um you know auto framing and things like that you've got it uh built into most of your uh conference calls now where you can transcribe meetings and and have it recorded and played back for you at a later date with with bullet points already done for you i mean ai is already here it's just a matter of how are we going to take that tool i think that's what it is it's a tool for us to use how do we take that uh and and grow what we're currently doing And uh, I know that uh, you and I have talked about this. It's just, it's one of the fun things to follow. Uh, But, you know, some of the things we look at is how can it benefit our businesses? And so, um, you know, I guess one thing that it's doing for us through distribution, it's allowing us to to better, better forecast and and monitor uh, availability and stock in in a distribution setting, uh, in a technology support setting, you know, when we're looking at call tickets and support requests, it allows us to uh, pull canned responses and and get that out as a, a reply to a ticket faster than an agent can even uh, read it and type it and, and put a reply <laughs> back together. 
Um, but what are, what are you guys seeing from a, a, a manufacturing standpoint? How how is AI pushing, driving, or are you currently using today? So this was this question, this topic was my biggest takeaway from the uh, session that we did down in, down in Cancun at our partner conference, where it really kind of got me to think that you're you're so right that it already is out there. And it's been out there for years in some cases, and we almost just didn't really kind of realize it. Mm-hmm. You could make the case that, you know, there's almost anything that uses some type of computer learning to make a suggestion for people could in some way, shape or form be artificial intelligence. So it, it is really all about, you know, we've seen it, I think, on the consumer side. There's a lot of different things it can do, but we haven't really figured out how to harness it, I think, for a business standpoint. Um, I, I, you know, you're, we're seeing it in, in you, you know, you mentioned some examples there. I, I think it's going to play a much bigger role than it is now. At some point in time, um, it's going to be fully integrated with a lot of different things. A lot of the technology endpoints that we use, I think, are, are going to be largely automated and, and going to be able to kind of do a lot of answer things for you, respond to things for you. You know, the one thing that we we talked about, and this was actually a suggestion from the panel um, at the, the discussion we did down in Cancun that I thought was incredibly interesting. And I can tell you, we are looking very closely into this is the potential that AI offers. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking about tech here, the the management side, the ability that AI has to set up active. I mean, it's do, you know, there are active maintenance and monitoring tools now, but, but kind of take that to the next step, but specifically the initial setup and provisioning of entire networks, which, you know, is generally the most time consuming, most complicated part of, of any installation at any point in time throughout the whole life of it. Um, I think that at least within our channel is the biggest, uh, at least near term, you know, kind of benefit that we're going to see of AI. It's definitely something that we're, we're really looking into. Um, but in general, it, it's it's definitely out there. There's a lot of, like you mentioned, there's a lot of instances where we're using it every day and kind of don't even realize it. And, you know, take going back to what we were talking about with everything kind of coming from the consumer side to the business side, another perfect example of it. Um, and we're, we're I think we're all still early on. I'm figuring out kind of, you know, how do we utilize it and make it make sense from a, a business standpoint? Yeah, it is exciting to hear that uh, uh, Grandstream is looking at putting some of this AI tool into the variety of different apps and configuration tools that you already currently have. Uh, I know we, we talked about the Wave app, you know, the, the soft phone and how, how could you utilize AI to make that an enhanced tool for, for consumers to use. But even then, just the the little things on on the back end side, on, on the support channels, you know, using kind of a chat GPT-like Absolutely. feature to to quickly uh, respond to tickets and and get common knowledge that's out there um, pushed out to users. Even, even though it it's something that we all know, hey, when we submit a ticket, uh, Grantstream would really like to know the MAC address, serial number, things like that. There's certain parts of that that chat GPT AI that, that can be embedded into support tickets to just make the uh, technician's life so much easier where they're not having to 
reiterate themselves all day long. So yeah, no, and that's another great I uh another great usage of it. Definitely something we're we're looking into. Yeah. Um and also another great example of stuff that's kind of already out there. A lot of comp I know we have when you first go to our support chat, it's going to be automated at first. And based off of what your response is, it's going to bounce you to the right person to talk to after that. Little right. things like that. Yeah. Chat bots. I mean those those are things that have been out for years and we don't really think about it, but that is AI that we are currently using today with chatbots. Exactly. I, I like, maybe this is a bad example, but I think of like Google's web crawler technology. It's crawling the internet. It's using a machine to then recommend, you know, what to look or what pages to look at, or, you know, anything related to your search to you. Maybe it's right. an extent to call it AI, but it's, you know, the back end of it is it's the same thing pretty much. That's right. It's even completing your your search thought. You're typing in what you're wanting to search for, and it gives you suggestions based on common searches in its web crawling anyway. So it's it's already there. We're we're using it. So again, everybody that's listening, don't freak out. AI has been around for years. We just haven't called it AI because we haven't had uh, private entities put billions of dollars into an AI business to focus solely on that. But uh, it's here. It's been here. Um, now we're, we're just looking at harnessing it. And, uh, I know we didn't really talk about this in, uh, in Cancun, but what, what are some potential negatives of, of AI? I mean, um, th- that's something that, uh, you know, there, there, there is a, a, a slight fear on how fast yeah. it's developing. So, uh, give, give me your take on that and I'll, I'll be happy to share with you mine. And again, these are just opinions, but yeah, no, Two things pop to come into mind initially. I think security is going to be the first thing that people are scared about. Um, I think the the second thing, and we're seeing, I think this is maybe more on a societal, societal or a cultural side, but AI, it it kind of the potential to generalize. Hopefully, I can explain this well. To generalize. Um, basically to provide the same answer or the same viewpoint uh, to everyone to kind of take a base um, understanding and maybe delve things out that in different or the same way to different people, regardless of the cir- lack of being able to respond to different circumstances, I think is the the better way for me to describe that. I think that, I might be thinking the exact same thing you are. Let me let me tell you how I feel about it and okay. then see if see if this is kind of relating to what you're saying. I feel that today for someone like a Phil Bowers or a Daniel Narotsky, go from point A to point B and then from point B to point C, we know how to logically get from point A to point C. With AI, it'll just tell you, oh, you want to go from point A to point C, here it is, and it generalizes it. And so we have lost that um, respect for knowledge, if you will, yeah. what it takes to get from point A to point C. And so if we fast forward maybe five years to the future, now we're going to point D, E, and F, where the generations that are going to come following AI don't have that general knowledge and respect for how did we get from point A to point F? It's yeah. just, oh, let's just ask, there it is. And and now we don't have that that respect for knowledge. Maybe I, I don't know if that's kind of what you're saying. But that's what I feel. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm completely on the same page as you there. It's kind of what I was I was I was thinking that uh, my thought, and then you're saying, yeah, you know, we we've got this generalization of knowledge. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's it's overgeneralized, 
so that anybody can have their their hands on it. But um, it, the right it, and it's not going to like everyone that asks a question. The right answer for them isn't going to be the same. It's going to be different answers for each person, and that may be what we're losing. Kind of the personalization of of content or just of you know thought of knowledge, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there's definitely um, with machine learning, there's a logical way to get from point A to point C, and it's especially if we have more points along the way. But we all know, as we've had to work through all of it, my mentality might be to go from point A to point C, and then I have to physically touch D, E, and F, where somebody that thinks outside the box might go, well, I need to go from point A to point B, but from point B, then I can go to point E and they can skip C and D. So yeah, that personalization of, of logic is is lost. Yeah. That's that's definitely one thing. I agree with you there 100%. The, that personal touch uh, and, and respect for knowledge is, is going to potentially be lost uh, with AI if it really advances that quickly. Um, and security, 100% agree with that. I think uh, the personal... Um, and the business side of AI is is security. That's what everybody's looking at. Um, you know, I've I've been a a proponent to say, hey, there there definitely should be a way to um, regulate uh, the companies that are doing um, the AI uh, research and implementation. But I'm also on the same side, a proponent going, well, how well have we regulated the Facebook AIs of the world and the Twitter AIs of the world? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in our global regulation um, for I'm these kind of companies. Um, so I don't know. Security is important, but but how do we get there? How do we how do we uh, formulate and regulate the the companies that are behind this machine learning? To to really begin to make this work and have benefits from a business standpoint, it needs to be, I think, and focused on. A lot of what we've seen from previous new technologies, going all the way back to the Industrial Revolution, where it's making, you know, kind of jobs that could are easy to do. It's replacing that to allow people to do other things, to think about other things. I think if we start and, and looking at AI as a technology to replace human insight, to replace human thought, I think that's where we're going to kind of get lost with it. And rather look at it as a way to help people kind of take some of the, you know, the the manual stuff, the traditional, e frankly, easier to do stuff off our plate so that we can all do more and work on bigger picture stuff, uh, focus more on, um, you know, strategy and insight, which are the type of things that I don't think we're ever going to see AI really be able to replace. Yeah, that's what I've been a, a big proponent on AI. It's It's a tool. Somebody um, will have to review it and monitor it and make sure that it's uh, spitting out the right results that we need. But we're going to have to be the ones to analyze that and make the results of that work for us. Uh, I think when you just say, hey, let computers do it all, it, it's just going to kind of go into this this endless cycle where we're, we're not really focused on the result. Um, so I, I agree with what you're saying there. I think having uh, AI take a lot of the um, tasks that possibly we've had humans doing uh if we can take that task off their plates and allow them to do more of the um imaginative uh and and research driven piece of ai and taking the the knowledge that comes from that and then uh, spinning that into either a marketing approach or a new product approach um yes i know people have 
told me and argued, well, AI has already you know built its own robot and uh, AI can already do the imaginative stuff. Haven't you seen the pictures that AI is creating and things like that? Yes, I do. But the general machine learning and AI that we're that we're dealing with in the business communications space is is not necessarily uh, generative. It's it's more um, data yeah. reading. Uh, so it'll read more or less. exactly. Yeah, yeah. responsive reads a bunch of data, uh, com- compiles it, and, and spits out. The, the result for you. But, but again, we, we have to review that result. And it's same, same thing can be said for even for this, uh the, the photo. I, and this is the big one that everybody keeps telling me about AI can create photos. It That's sure can. And, and they're kind of cool. Uh, you know, Photoshop's got some really neat stuff, but who is the one on this side of the computer going, yes, that was what I was expecting to look like, or nope, give me the next photo. That's nothing what I had in mind. We're the ones imagining it. We're asking for it. And what we see on the other side of the screen, did it match what we were thinking? Yes or no? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I think that's where, you know, just kind of general responsibility to society and culture is going to really come into and play a big part in in the way that we develop it. Um, You know, certainly there's always bad actors out there that are going to try to develop that. But, you know, as a as a community, especially you know, within communications technology, um, you know, I think it's in everybody's best efforts to, you know, make sure that this is harnessed correctly um, and that it is able to, you know, kind of help everyone improve, but not necessarily take away the human insight that we keep talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you joining me today and uh, we'll continue having you on on future episodes, uh, especially as you guys have uh, product launches we definitely want to highlight those and talk about the technology behind them and, and some of the mindshare behind them. But uh, thanks again for your time today, Phil. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Stay up to date on all things Think Tank Theater by following us on LinkedIn and subscribing on YouTube. Thanks for watching.